Hi there, this is How to Choose, the show that helps you make better decisions and improves your judgment. Thanks for joining us. I'm Tessa. And I'm Ken. In this season of How to Choose, we're covering some of the common obstacles that impede good decision making and looking at how you can overcome them. Um, What have we covered so far, Tess? So in our first two episodes, we looked at how some people get stuck overanalyzing a decision and how it can be helpful to lean on our intuition when we have expertise that can inform our choices. And then we looked at the flip side of that, so the problem of overconfidence, something called the Dunning-Kruger effect, not, mm. not the Ken Smith effect, but you, no. have to, you have to go listen to get that joke, um, and how we need to be careful not to trust our intuition when we don't have expertise. Great. So in today's episode, we'll be looking at tree felling. And although I would actually love to learn more about actual tree felling and do have an aspiration to buy a chainsaw one day, um, we're learning about tree felling as a metaphor for committed decision-making, and credit to Gary Klein for the, for this analogy. The metaphor of tree felling becomes more meaningful when you compare it to hedge pruning, which we're going to talk about in the next episode. Now, that sounds a little bit confusing, Ken. It does. So let me explain. So one way of choosing is to make a decision and stick with it, ignoring any regrets or doubts. And I'm guessing that's a tree felling approach? Exactly. So when you're committed to cutting down a tree – you're making a commitment to an irreversible decision. And for tree lovers who are horrified by this metaphor, imagine that I'm talking about a nasty introduced pest like a privet, which actually reminds me that I have a few privets in my yard uh, that I'm obliged by the local council bylaws to remove. So that might be my job this weekend. Um, But anyway, I digress. The, The alternative approach is to see a decision as more of a series of steps. You step out in a general direction and then you adapt and adjust as you go on, which you can do if you're pruning a hedge. Okay, got it. And I've also just learned what a privet is. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> yes. Um, so in this episode, we're considering the fact that some people find it really difficult to stick with their decisions. They make their choice and then they have doubts or buyer's regret. They choose a different option and then they have doubts about their new option and then they back out of that. Um, It's a little bit like driving with someone who continues to change their route every five minutes, taking shortcuts, backtracking, going back to the original route, etc., etc. And we'll be learning today why it's sometimes important to fell the tree rather than prune it into a hedge, which is another way of saying that sometimes it's important to pick and stick with our decision. We'll learn about a few factors that can make us flip-flop on decisions And we'll give you a few questions to ask yourself that might help you determine when and how to stick with your choices. Awesome. Let's do it. Let's start then by talking about some reasons why it's hard to stick with decisions. Let's go back to the analogy of the driver who keeps changing their mind about which way they should go. Um, Let's call them Cynthia. Uh, In this scenario, Cynthia knows where they want to go. And we understand that Cynthia's constant changes are just delaying their arrival. Cynthia has a clear goal, but can't decide on the pathway to get there. And Cynthia is no particular person you're thinking of, Ken? No, Just no, an no. anonymous, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Any similarity to an actual Cynthia is yeah. purely coincidental. Um, so let's now imagine another driver, Tammy. Tammy also out driving on the same day, but Tammy's out driving looking for something to do. She drives towards the local lake. But then she changes her mind and she decides she's going to go to the botanical gardens instead. Um, 
not to do tree pruning because you're not allowed to do, to, to, to do that or hedge, hedge pruning or tree felling in the botanical gardens in case you had that idea. Um, but then Tammy's friend Phil checks his phone and he finds out the botanical gardens are closed. So Tammy changes her mind and she decides, oh, let's go to the museum. So going driving with Tammy is a bit like buying airline tickets for a mystery flight. You really need to be absolutely fine with any option because you don't know where you're going to end up. Tammy has a vague goal, which is let's go and do something fun, uh, which changes along the way. So both drivers burning up petrol, zigzagging around the city like maniacs, but the cause is, is a little bit different. Now, not a right or wrong question, um, but which of these approaches to decision-making do you think is more problematic or annoying? Look, both are incredibly annoying. Um, but to be fair as well, I can probably relate to both at different times in my life. But I think it's the aimless driving that is more frustrating because um, at least Cynthia will actually get there in the end. Uh, but Tammy, you know, who knows where she's going to go. Um, and it also reminds me, you know, when you're with a group of friends or perhaps family, you're trying to figure out what to eat for dinner and mm. people are like, oh, do you feel like Indian? Oh, maybe a bit heavy, maybe Thai. Oh, we had Thai last week. Um, and because there's just no direction, someone hasn't just said we're going to have this cuisine or, you know, it just makes it, people are too polite and it just goes around in circles. It's so frustrating. Yeah, very much like movie night at the Smiths where we sit down. It takes a lot of effort to get people to even come out for movie night. Um, we look at Netflix, um, people kind of hum and ha for a while. Every suggestion sounds bad to at least one person and then we don't usually watch a movie. You so. obviously enforce veto, <laughs> veto power in the decision-making. <laughs> That's right, yeah. So I, I will choose something and then everyone will go back to their rooms. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a good analogy, Tess, of the uh, restaurant. I like that. And in fact, I think we both agree that sometimes it's okay to work out our destination as we go. And we'll look at that next episode. But sometimes you need to have clarity on your end state before you start. I mean, that makes sense. But can you explain that a little bit more? Yeah, absolutely. So clear goals can be important because some goals can only be reached by prolonged and persistent effort. Any goals that require high levels of skill or a goal that requires you to stand out from a field of other skillful people generally requires a lot of focus and persistence. If you want to excel at a sport, you have to choose the sport. So at the moment, the Australian Swimming Champions Championships are on. I would suggest that there are very few people there that have only picked up swimming in the last few months, right? They would have been swimming for years and would have swum Many, many thousands of laps of, of the swimming pool. Um, some people like Australian cricket player and national soccer representative Elise Perry can pursue more than one athletic goal. Uh, but even then, there's often a point at which they're forced to choose an option over the other one. Um, I like this quote by Franz Kafka. He described this kind of focus when he said, follow your most intense obsessions mercilessly. Um, which now that I actually say it out loud sounds a little bit creepy. Um, but let's assume your intense obsessions aren't anything deeply disturbing. Look, the more gentle version I think that I remember hearing in school all the time was do what you're good at and do what you love um, yeah. in terms of making you know, career decisions or what to study decisions. But I think it's, it's great advice. Yeah, so it's establishing a compass that will give you direction uh, and then following that with, with intent. Uh, if you want to read a really great book on this, then I'd encourage you to check out Grit by Angela Duckworth. 
Duckworth is a psychologist and educator and a MacArthur Fellowship holder. Hmm. Is a MacArthur the one that's also called the Genius Grant? Yep, that's right. And there's some pretty impressive individuals who've been awarded that prize. Um, Somewhat ironically, uh, Duckworth's research is not about innate genius. Um, So she would actually deny that genius is is that important to achieving success. Uh, Instead, her research is really around the role of grit uh, or persistence and perseverance in developing skills and achieving excellence. And amongst other groups, Duckworth has studied recruits at the US Military Academy at West Point and also participants in the US National Spelling Competition. Mm. Um, I don't know if there's much crossover between those two groups, but um, Duckworth's research has shown that grit and not ability is the characteristic that is consistently and strongly correlated with ultimate success in those and many other different endeavours. So if you put it simply, grit, persistence and perseverance is the key to success. Mm. So, for instance, the spellers that spend the most time studying are the ones who are successful, not necessarily the smartest. Absolutely, Mm. yeah. And that was – so she did did some surveys on those students who who did – not students – children who did really well, uh, and those who got to the highest levels were consistently doing a huge amount of directed reading, not just even – they weren't just bookworms, they were dictionary worms. Like they're reading books on Greek uh, and Latin roots so they can identify obscure words. That would definitely take some grit, I think, I, to I would, get through. I would say so too. <laughs> Um, So if we think about something that's a bit more close to home, um, let's think about financial goals. So if I want to have enough money to put down a deposit on a house, for instance. Or, you know, maybe even given petrol prices, having the goal of being able to fill up your car at the petrol station. Yeah, excellent. Um, That's good. A lofty financial goal (laughs) of that kind. Um, If you set a savings goal, then you can't simultaneously achieve goals that involve you spending a lot of money. At some point, the two goals become mutually exclusive. You want to travel around Europe for six months and at the end of the six months, you want to have saved up a lot of money so you can buy a new car or fill it with petrol. Um, Then prepare for disappointment. When we lack goal focus or we try to achieve two competing goals, what happens is we tend to flip-flop around. We struggle to achieve either goal. So goal clarity is important, but goal clarity isn't always enough either. Sometimes you need clarity on not just the goal, but also the pathway to get there. Okay. We haven't talked about that yet. Can you unpack clear pathways just a little bit for me? Sure. So if you want to be a business entrepreneur, then there are multiple pathways. They all involve ultimately identifying market opportunities, working hard, taking informed risks, but there's many pathways to get there. You might start out at business school or you might never go to business school. You might establish a series of failed business initiatives before one finally works, or you might find success with your first project. Um, You might start with no capital, or like President Trump, you might get a small loan of a million dollars from your father. (laughs) (laughs) There are many pathways. I mean, and like Trump, you could get that million dollar loan, and then you could still be very unsuccessful in multiple business (laughs) endeavors. It's exactly right. Um, But if you want to be a thoracic surgeon, there's really just one clear pathway. You need extensive education. You need to pass very rigorous tests before they allow you to start performing heart surgery Um, because there's a strict process of accreditation to make sure that you know what you're doing. 
you can't just learn it from watching YouTube clips and then set up your own heart surgery shop at the nearest Westfield shopping center. Um, or look at sprinters, right? Sprinters are laser focused because they know that there's no chance of them running a great time if they're distracted and they start wandering out of their lane. Um, which reminds me of my sister, Rosalind, who in contrast um, has a very poor sense of direction. She loves doing super long hikes. Uh, and on a recent long hike, uh, the other hikers gave her the ironic trail name of Compass um, because she never knew where she was. Um, and the family, I, I'm pleased to say, was deeply relieved when she re returned recently from hiking on the Appalachian Trail. Um, but if your goal has a clear pathway, then I'd say you need to get on the pathway. You need to stick to it. If you deviate and you try to find a shortcut, then it's likely that you won't get there. Or like Frank Abagnale from Catch Me If You Can. You remember that film? It's With, a, yeah, great movie. Yeah, yeah. Leo DiCaprio. Um, you'll be a fake doctor or a fake pilot and you'll finally end up in real prison. Hmm. Or maybe, you know, killing someone with that heart surgery that you yeah. set up in Westfield. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so clarifying our goals and then clarifying the pathways to get there can help us deal with the tendency to keep changing our mind. But is there anything else? Sure. So there's another reason that we sometimes chop and change our, our mind. It's because our expectations aren't quickly met. Uh, we choose, but our choice doesn't prove to be immediately as good as we had expected it was going to be. Uh, we're enthused about the decision. We take our first few steps and then we hit a challenge. So think about when you start a new job. Inevitably, it's uncomfortable at the start because we don't know our co-workers. We don't know how to do all the tasks. We don't know the administrative processes. We don't know the political or social dynamics. Um, other people know what to do and we feel at a loose end. Um, does that sound familiar to you as well? Have you experienced oh, that? I feel like every new job, it's, it's nerve wracking because there's all those social unwritten rules too. Yeah. You know, you just end up being really quiet, waiting, waiting to find out what, what the norm is. Like, yeah. yeah. That's right. It's that discomfort of being an outsider and you can't be anything but an outsider when you're new no exactly it, it takes time and so it's really normal so and in that case the solution is you turn up every day you go to work you do the job for a few months and many of those feelings go away mm. but i mean not always as well because i guess after a few months you might actually discover there are problems that you weren't aware of when you first started yeah that's a really good point and again i believe this comes down to expectations. So if we expect that a good decision should produce a comfortable outcome, then we will be surprised. We'll be confused when we hit challenges. Rather than backing out of the decision, maybe we need to nuance our expectations. So let me add a fourth and final reason why we might, might not be willing to pick and stick on those big decisions. And that is a fear of failure. Sometimes we back out of decisions because we're scared. We're scared that even if we try really hard, we still might not succeed. Yeah, I think that's such a relatable um, point, Ken. I mean, this podcast is a, and, and your book is such a good example as well. Um, you know, so while, you know, we, it would be fantastic if we were the next Joe Rogans of podcasting, uh, minus the controversy, <laughs> um, it's not a zero sum project of success or failure for us. Um, just by doing it, you know, the act of actually making the the podcast, we're learning. Uh, we're having a good time. And even if it's just, you know, mum and dad and family listening to us, you know, I've got no regrets. Absolutely. Yeah. And we should say hi to our families too. <laughs> um, but that's right. And look, a fear of failing ultimately represents a false understanding of what failing is. Um, rather than seeing failure as unacceptable, 
we need to see failure as an inevitable part of the learning and growing process and a critical step on the way to success. I, I would actually suggest that often we shouldn't even use the word failure. Um, often it would be more accurate to describe it as learning. Something doesn't go quite right. We don't do it perfectly. What's happened? Well, we're learning, right? So, and it was you, Tess, who first explained to me that concept of the growth versus fixed mindset some years ago. And that was really a, a light bulb moment for me. Do you reckon you could explain that for us now? Yeah, for sure. I love this concept and it's really changed the way that I look at anything that doesn't come easily to me. Uh, so Carol Dweck is a psychologist and her work on this found that students who believe that their intelligence is fixed are more likely to cheat and less likely to choose things but actually challenge them and help them improve. Um, And so it it goes both ways as well. So this could be the kid that thinks they're they're dumb, so there's no point in trying, but it could also be the kid who thinks that they're super smart and so they shouldn't have to try, Mm. Um, which is, yeah, it's just so sad. Um, Yeah, it's very insidious, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. You're not willing to do the things that will actually make you better. Whereas if you do have that growth mindset and you believe that intelligence and ability is malleable, um, then you get better with effort and therefore you're more willing to work hard. Um, so I think just right now, just take a moment to think on your own ability. Have you ever said things like, I'm no good at maths um, or I don't have an ear for languages? Um, yeah. Those kind of things might indicate that you have a fixed mindset. Um, we'll have more info in our show notes, but um, I think it's definitely worth looking into a little bit more if you think that you might be in more on the fixed side of things. Yeah, and interestingly, we're talking today about picking and sticking. So in that case, you've got a fixed goal, but you have a growth mindset. Oh, for sure. That's the best combination, I think. So what do we do with all of this information? Well, we need to remember that it's really important to always consider your goals when you're making decisions. And here's four sets of questions to ask yourself, and you can download this checklist in our show notes uh, from our website. The first one is, do you have a clear goal? Sometimes we're chopping and changing because we don't really know what we want. Uh, For this particular decision, does it matter that your goals aren't clear or can you find your way as you go? And we'll talk more about that in our next episode. The second question is, does achieving your goal require a particular pathway? So think again about a business entrepreneur versus a heart surgeon. Um, And if there is a particular pathway, are you prepared to stick at it? The third question is, Are your expectations realistic or do minor obstacles come as a nasty surprise that make you question your choices? And finally, do you quit and change direction because you're afraid to fail? Does quitting allow you to get out before you hit that point of failure? And can you redefine failure as learning instead and use that to help you stick with your choices? So returning to Duckworth's great book, Grit, Um, The discipline of sticking at things and finding success in the midst of adversity actually rewires our brains so that we become more able to engage our cortex, which is the higher order part of our brains, and then override those emotional reactions from the more primitive areas of our brain. In other words, our brain learns to tell itself, calm down, it's not that hard, I can do this. And I think that's really amazing it is so cool i yeah i think anything in that sort of brain changing it's just it's, it's incredible yeah mm. um thank you so much ken i've learned so much um in this episode um, and the message that i'm taking away is that sometimes you need to pick and stick if you want to achieve your goals um 
If you've enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe to How to Choose and visit us at goodbetterright.com.au. And don't forget to tell your friends about us. We'd love to meet them too. Remember that talking about what you're learning is a great way to cement those lessons. So remember, pick and stick. Maybe tell someone about the spelling bees or growth mindset. It'll help you help you learn as well. Excellent. Thanks so much for joining us in today's episode. And be sure to tune in next time when we'll be learning about hedge pruning. Those are the times when you can do better by taking an adaptable approach to decision-making. Looking forward to it.